time for Ask Patty, automotive advice for women, with Jody DeVere, founder of AskPatty.com. Now here's Jody DeVere and her guest. Well, welcome everyone to the monthly Ask Patty, automotive advice for women radio show. Of course, we're getting very close to the holiday season, and in preparation for all the road trips, we're going to have my special guest and I are going to talk about a number of things, but one of the things we're going to give you some tips on is winter car care and safety as you get on the roads. My guest this month, I'm really excited to introduce you to Barbara Moran Goodrich. She has the most amazing story and the most amazing business. In 1990, she co-founded Moran Industries with her father, Dennis, and has held the title of CEO President since 1999. As a franchiser in the automotive aftermarket industry, Barbara and her father grew Moran Industries into a prominent automotive repair and vehicle accessory franchiser, which includes Mr. Transmission, the second largest transmission franchise in the U.S., Multi-State Transmission, Dr. Nick's Transmission, Milex Complete Auto Care, Altamir Toys for Your Car, and Smart View Window Solutions. Barb has over 22 years' experience with the franchising and automotive industry, which includes owning and operating a transmission repair franchise. Welcome, Barb. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, you know, uh, you don't find too many women that have achieved so much in the automotive industry and in the franchising world for that matter. So can you share with our listeners a little bit about how you began your career and sort of the story of how this all came about? And Of course, uh, it sounds like it, it runs in the family with your father, Dennis. Uh, it it does. And actually, I started my career uh, more as an artist than anything, and uh, it was a summer job that uh, I came to work uh, for my father when he had a uh, transmission remanufacturing plant along with uh, installation uh, stores. And uh, I began my career with uh, um, answering phones and being a receptionist for uh, the reman facility and found that I really enjoyed the environment, which was kind of funny because it you know, was transmissions and uh, not the most elegant of uh, uh, surroundings, and um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> it went from being an artist to to uh, working in transmissions. It might be because uh, you know I was a sculptor and I liked that. But anyways, uh, so I went to work for him uh, as a summer job, and I continued, and eventually uh, it became full time. And what I ended up doing is is worked my way from receptionist through all the way through to office manager. And I remember uh, at a point asking him where I could go um, beyond office manager because I did not see any women beyond. Well, I take that back. We had one transmission builder who was a female. And uh, her and I were actually friends. <laughs> and uh, Eileen was her name. And um, anyways, uh, I said I, I had not seen anyone go beyond office manager um, that was a woman, and I wanted to know where I could go. And at that time, he would said I'd gone as far as I could. And I said I was going back to school, and I had left and went back to school. And then uh, he had uh, 
um, asked me to come back a while after, and I wasn't going to. I was on a path uh, for um, going. I wanted to be an attorney, and um, I think it's a good thing that I've redirected myself again from artist to attorney to this now. And um, uh, anyways, so it boils down to is is I came back, and um, uh, at that point he had met someone and it was a woman he had met in Vegas, and I believe it was at the Atra show. And she, um, Lucille, and she was in the transmission business, and I think she had several locations. Um, and he realized that women could actually go further. And I had to battle with him all the time on this. <laughs> and so... Anyways, um, to shorten the story up, uh, he came back and said, you know, I I met someone and I I realize now that you could do more than just, you know, be working in the office in an accounting or um, secretarial position. So I started working in marketing in all different areas. And uh, and then he came back in um, about 1990 and said, what do you think about franchising? And I said, well, franchising sounds interesting. And actually, I really didn't even know what franchising was. And uh, other than McDonald's, you know, and, um, you know, the fast food industry. And he said, well, let's go see if we can, you know, go buy a franchise company. And I said, okay, let's go do that. And that's how we ended up starting uh, Moran Industries. And uh, again, uh, I moved in and transitioned into Moran Industries uh, from Transmission City and uh, began working in franchising, evaluating uh, the staff. I had to move the headquarters from Tennessee up to Chicago. And it was funny because I was pregnant at the time. And um, I actually can say that, uh, you know, being a woman in the automotive industry in the 80s and 90s was was very difficult in trying to push through. Uh, And um, my father being... uh, from the older generation, really felt that uh, there were limitations for me. So he uh, continually let me know that I was not going to be in a position of running the company. And I had decided that I wasn't going to listen to him, and I was going to do everything I had to to learn as much as I could about business and uh, um, um, in every area mainly because I thought that I was going to go off and start my own business one day. And so, um, you know, I continued forward. Uh, My father and I, both in 1998, had become ill. My father had uh, um, a massive heart attack, and I actually had uh, been diagnosed with cancer and uh, had surgery. Um, and actually was um, recovering from surgery when my father had had his heart attack. And and so we were doing recovery together. (laughs) Wow. uh, Yeah, so we – and I had said to him, you know, where are we going with this? And he could not really go back to work, and he had sent me out to find the individual that would run the company for us uh, because, uh, again, he was still in that position in mind frame that I could not run the company, even though I had had many jobs within it. And um, uh, he uh, sent me out to uh, work with a consulting firm to find the individual to run the company that we needed. And when uh, we finished up a three days of meetings, uh, the, the company had said, 
well, we know who it is that needs to run this company. And I said, okay, who is it? And they said, well, we, we have to go do something, and when we come back, we'll let you know. So I sat in this conference room for at least an hour, and I'm like, okay, you know, why, why, why come and tell me that they think they know, but, you know, they have to go and do something first? Why can't they just tell me who it is? And uh, they come back in after a long hour and uh, could have been even longer. It just seemed like it dragged on. So they said to me, uh, uh, well, we found out who should be the person that is the president of this company. And I said, okay, who is it? And they said, it's you. And I just started laughing. I said, well, (laughs) that's really funny. I said, because uh, my father will never let me run this company. And they said, well, we just got off the phone with him, and he said you could. (laughs) And wow. So, so that's where it really started at. Um and and you know, kind of teaches you about perseverance and having tenacity. Absolutely. And you know, it's interesting. Uh, so what is what happened to your relationship? I'm just curious with you and your father once you took over. Obviously, it worked out really well for both of you, right? It it did. It did. Um you know, actually, he we worked with this consulting firm that I will tell you really helped us in managing our relationship that first year. It gave uh, the, uh, my father a sense of um, security and knowing that uh, I, I was going to be watched over a bit so that he could have um, a little more comfort in transitioning. So the first year, we did very well with uh, transitioning, and, of course, we did very well moving forward. And then in about um, uh, 2010, we came to a realization that um, where I was at in life and where he was at led us on different paths of what we were looking for out of um, the business. And, um, you know, in my my level of where I was at, I was wanting to take risk and, and build uh, the company in, in a different direction. And he was not wanting to. Um, and, of, of course, rightly so, because, I mean, you, you know, you're at different stages of your life. You have different objectives, and you also have different viewpoints on how you want to manage through those objectives. So... We came to the realization that it would be best if uh, I had um, bought him out. Uh, we were partners. He was, of course, majority, along with my mother. And I ended up um, buying both of them out and uh, um, becoming the sole owner of the company at that point and have been working towards the objectives uh, of growth that we, you know, uh, that I had believed so much in. And um, I really have to say that. It really starts, though, with everything. It starts with my father's vision of his wanting to help people go into business just like he was helped when he was young. Wow. So, that, that, what a great story. Congratulations. And, gosh, I, although my dad has always been very supportive of me in all ways, I couldn't imagine being in business with him. <laughs> We're both kind of hard-headed, and I think we would have really bumped heads. Well, tell me a little bit more about Morand, the brand and the franchises. And, you know, it's just so remarkable. You're just flourishing out there, uh, growing, uh, setting up new franchises. And I understand you're trying to branch out even more in the 2013 and beyond. So 
tell me a little bit more about the businesses and the kind of services that they offer. Well, first of all, as a franchisor, one of the objectives we have is to support our franchisees in the most efficient and uh, uh, manner that offers them the most uh, profitability. And we believe that uh, their success is our success. So we try to make sure that we're focusing our support in the area of operational and in technical support and also in marketing support. Our franchisees uh, have a business system that they follow, and so each of our brands has a, a different system. So our Mr. Transmission uh, and Milex co-brand, they offer an opportunity for um, basically a one-stop shopping atmosphere for uh, a customer where there is capability for diagnostics all the way from the front end to the back end of the vehicle. Bumper to bumper diagnostics as well as repair. And it's not just a replacement type function. Uh, some uh, businesses out there in the automotive aftermarket solely focus on the maintenance and replacement aspect, and our facilities focus on the actual repair of um, components. So they're able to break down transmissions and repair the transmissions so that you can have the most cost effective. Um, uh, pricing and also be able to help uh, the consumer uh, be able to, you know, have more costly, uh, less costly repairs and more uh, cost savings. And uh, also they can do uh, engine repair and um, and diagnostics along those areas. So that's our, our Milex and Mr. Transmission co-brand. We also have multi-state transmission. We have also Dr. Nick's transmission out on the East Coast. And then we have Altamir, which is toys for your car. And, of course, everyone you know loves to have their car environment be satisfactory to them and comfortable, and that's what Altamir does for uh, consumers. It, it takes an, and a lot, gives them the opportunity to enjoy the environment of their vehicle through putting window film on the vehicle, which you know many people say, well, what's, what's the point? What's the value of that? Well, when you live in warm states, there is definitely a value to it, and especially in the summer up in the north, uh, it really cuts down on the UV rays and the heat inside the vehicle, uh, So that and, and also the glare. Uh, the other thing is, is that Altamir is big into the 12-volt uh, accessories, so if you want to trick out your car with some um, various uh, items, all the way from woofers through audio, video, uh, Altamir is able to do that for you. And, um, um, you know, our franchisees actually, uh, you know, uh, their main function is to try to help their customers get on the road as quickly as possible and in the most cost-effective manner. So those are, are a little bit about our franchisees. Wow, that's awesome. And so... Did you start the franchising, just to clarify, after you took over in 2010? Is that what happened? We started, uh, well, first of all, we were franchising uh, up from 1990 all the way through. Uh, what uh, Since 2010, we've been focusing on our... Uh, more of our support structures in the technical manner uh, with, you know, the changes in technology, also our lead generation. So we're focusing more on, you know, where the future is going with our, our franchisees and the services they're offering as well as the support 
support they need so that they can have this support 24-7 and not have it be where there's downtime. So that's one of the think components. We're also looking at growing through what we call non-organic levels. Of course, we want organic growth, and that means where we're having growth through um, selling franchises individually to individuals um, that are interested in, you know, starting their own business. Which usually this is the time uh, when unemployment rates are higher, where people say, you know, I want to, I want to do, I want to control my own destiny. I want to get out of this unemployment line and, and, you know, go work for myself. And uh, it's been much more difficult in this uh, environment. Uh, to be able to have people go and do that where they can go start their own business. And uh, we're hoping to see that change. But in the the meantime, besides looking at growing through the organic way, we're also looking at, um, you know, potential non-organic growth, which would be through acquisitions. Awesome. Well, such a fascinating business, honestly. Um for our listeners, since you have deep domain experience, uh, apparently in the automotive industry, I'm sure that you have some really valuable tips for our listeners on how to prepare your vehicle for winter driving conditions. And I know you're based out in Chicago, so you're probably a professional winter driver yourself. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I've learned that one big thing. Do not drive uh, any type of uh, sports vehicle in the winter in Chicago. It really doesn't handle well on the road. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've got to, you've got to uh, garage your, your sports car during the, the winter then, right? <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Any any Ferraris, those things, yeah, they, they should be garaged. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. You're funny. Yeah, so, but... Um, I guess I would say that, you know, some of the tips, I think one of the first things that's really key is we, we have to check our tires. Um, uh, especially I remember one year I literally uh, blew out six tires during the winter because I had low-profile tires that I had on my vehicle, and oh. I kept on hitting potholes because that is a very prevalent uh, item in Chicago during the winter. <laughs> so... So anyways, um, yeah, so I blew out uh, many tires, and so I would say that the first thing you want to do is you want to check your tires. You want to make sure that, you know, they're uh, they're in good condition, and if there is a need to switch out for snow tires, then you should look at doing that. I'm not going to say that you really need to go and, and switch out, um, you know, those low-profile uh, tires. You're better off putting the, that vehicle in the garage uh, another thing you want to do is you want to check your fluids. That's really key. For instance, here in Chicago, <laughs> we can have it get so cold here that even our washer fluid freezes. So they have a special fluid uh, that you can utilize uh, in uh, below zero uh, climates where your uh, window washer fluid will not freeze. And so you want to check your fluids, you want to check your coolant, you want to check your uh, washer fluid, and if you're in an area where it's going to, you know, have possibility of going below zero, you want to change out your uh, washer fluid. Of course, you want to check your wiper blades, your belts, your hoses, and uh, check the life of your battery. And also check your connections with your battery because, you know, some corrosion could occur, which you certainly don't want to be stranded in a parking lot at 10 o'clock at night when it's, you know, uh, what zero degrees or ten below, and uh, have your battery go dead. 
So I think those are some some key points that you want to make sure you're checking on. And also remember that your tire pressure is going to change when it really gets down to a freezing level. And you want to make sure you check your tire pressure, you know, when it's been cold for a couple of weeks straight and, and see where you're at and maybe put some air in your tires. So I think I covered everything. What do you think? Yeah, a couple of other things I think that are super important, and I just learned something recently. It, it, it was actually, it's a kind of a funny story. Uh, my vehicle is about four and a half years old, and um, I drive to and from my parents' home, and the stretch of the highway is very dark. And I was beginning to feel like I'm getting old and I'm losing my night vision because it, it was so hard to see that I've, felt tempted to put my brights on and then I um, went to SEMA and visited with Sylvania and they have a new video out called True Sleuth and basically what I learned is that your headlamps actually at around four years start going dim even before they Mm -hmm. burn out and so who talks about replacing your headlights well the average time that um in the U.S. that people are holding on to their cars now is 11 years, I really learned something. So they actually sent me a set of headlights when I mentioned, gosh, maybe that's the problem. And I installed them, and over Thanksgiving, I drove to and from my parents' home, 160 miles one way, and you would not believe, I felt like my life had changed. Uh, It was unbelievable, the difference in the headlamp and my vision. And so I think that during the winter, if you are driving an older model vehicle and you know, especially even during the daytime in in a you know, snow, it's darker. To mm-hmm. uh, check check your headlamps and if they're older than 4 years, they should be replaced. And and here's the funny thing, it costs $15, you know, if you buy the headlamps, it costs $15 for them to wow. replace. It took 2 minutes and actually there's an instruction video in many vehicles, you could do it yourself. It's that easy. And it sure did give me a lot more peace of mind as I'm dr- night driving. And now I don't have to get new glasses. The <laughs> other piece of you know, winter driving that has to do with visibility are your wiper blades. Mm-hmm. And so you know, you need if you get that squeaky sound, it's time to get new ones. And you definitely want to make sure that it, you're, you're buying very high-quality blades that really do a good job. And there's a lot of good blades out there. You know, I always recommend Autotech's pink wiper blades because you get great high-quality wiper blades, and they benefit the National Breast Cancer Research Foundation. So I love those blades. Mm-hmm. But I I think it's really important for visibility and your safety, you know, along with not breaking down the road by, you know, keeping your vehicle maintained properly. But these two vision areas really make you feel more secure. Boy, I sure enjoy night driving a lot more. Honestly, I thought I was really losing it. I I was avoiding driving at night, and it wasn't my vision at all. It was my headlights. (laughs) Can you imagine? I I have... Yes, I I actually have experienced that before and wish I was able to have had that solution at that time. Um, you know, but I uh, I know that it does uh, start to go after a couple of years and you don't realize you think it's your vision. You think, "Why is it so dim out here? Why is it so dark?" Yeah, and that and that was kind of me and I really learned something because it you know, of all and I do a lot of 
advice. On car- I had never heard that before. And I'll bet a lot of other consumers had even thought of it. So I think it's really something that's really easy to replace, just like your wiper blades. Most people can just put them on themselves. It takes like two seconds. And, you know, it really gives you peace of mind. And the, the truth of the matter, during the winter, if you, um, especially with a lot of salt on the roads and stuff, you may need to replace your wiper blades a couple of times during the winter season. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and uh, this will keep you safer and um, and help you see better. So I just wanted right. to add those those couple of, of tips as well. There's a lot of other things that you can do to maintain your vehicle, but just overall, keeping your vehicle maintained and serviced properly and checking your owner's manual to make sure that you're adhering to the um, service intervals. One little point about winter driving, very similar to tires, during the winter in really cold climates, you may want to change the type of oil that you're using in your vehicle for winter driving. Check your owner's Mm -hmm. manual. It talks about that in there. A lot of people think one oil all the time, never change it. But guess what? Uh, During the summer and the winter, you may want to use different types of oil to address driving conditions that you are under. So that's a couple of things you can look into to, you know, really take good care of your vehicle, which will take care of you because no woman, I don't care if it's winter or summer, wants to be, you know, parked along the side of the road with the flashers on, hoping someone will come rescue them, or for that matter, calling AAA. It's so inconvenient. So just taking care of these things in advance. One last tip on tires. Honestly, I don't. I know that a lot of newer vehicles have TPMS, which is tire pressure monitoring systems. Mm-hmm. But really, the rule of thumb is check your tire pressure once a month. And you're right, during the winter or if it heats up suddenly, it can change your tire pressure, um, and so just doing a quick check once a month. A lot of uh, tire stores, and maybe yours, uh, some of your stores, will actually check it for free if you don't want to do it yourself. But if you're going to do it yourself, buy a heavy day, uh, heavy duty tire gauge. They even have some really cool electronic ones that you you know mm-hmm. cost about twenty dollars that do it electronically and give you an accurate reading. And just be mindful that tire pressure. Information is located in most vehicles in the inside uh, of the door panel on the driver's side or sometimes in the glove box or check your owner's manual. Uh, Often the tire pressure is different from the front to the rear, so Mm -hmm. you need to make sure that you're um, checking that out and don't fill them all the same. And by the way, the tire pressure that is on the outside of the tire is not the correct PSI (laughs) for your tires. (laughs) A lot of people think it is. So, you know, those are all uh, things that will keep you safe and comfy and cozy um, during the winter driving. You know, with that, I also would say is that you um, will find sometimes in the winter where you can end up in a situation where you're having a slow leak. And often that could actually be where you have um, a problem with the rim of your tire. And because it's cold and winter out, it now has caused some exposure. So when, uh, if that does happen, they should make sure that they pay attention to checking out their rims to make sure there's no dents or, or any bumps uh, that have uh, hitting potholes have created. Yeah, actually, if that happens, sometimes it puts your vehicle out of alignment, and right. then that affects a lot of different things, including your fuel economy. 
uh, and the way the ride feels. It gets kind of bumpy. when you, And mm-hmm. so, you know, all of those things you need to take care of, and not only at the beginning of winter, but halfway through and then before summer uh, as well. Well, these are great tips. Thank you so much, Barb. And, hey, you know, just for fun, I know you have a sports car, but what what kind of car or vehicles do you drive? And if you could have your dream car, what would it be? <laughs> well, I do. I do have a sports car. I, I do drive um, a CLS 550 uh, Mercedes, and that is the vehicle that you should not drive in the, the winter in a foot of snow because there is no traction, but they're beautiful in the summer. <laughs> Um, But I also drive, uh, oh, let's see, we have um, uh, Honda, Um, we've got a Honda Accord or Lexus, we have that, and uh, I have five teenagers, so you can imagine I uh, have uh, several different vehicles. But the the dream vehicle that I have, uh, you know, would be the Bentley uh, Continental GT Convertible. Oh my goodness! Big dreams, big dreams. I love right. it. Right, <laughs> that's part of the bucket list, or at least drive list. it. <laughs> Have you ever test drove one? No, no. That's why. That's my thing. That's why on the bucket list is to drive a Bentley Continental GT convertible. <laughs> wow! Wow! Yeah, they're yeah. beautiful, beautiful vehicles. I live in Southern California, and they're a little more frequent out here. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. Um, we we I see them cruising down the coast sometime and just go, wow, that's nice. That is a yeah. beautiful vehicle. Well, great. Well, are there any other tips or um, things that you want to share? Maybe you could give out your website address so that people can visit you and check out some of your shops as a okay. as as an option. Go ahead. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, well, our we have several websites, so I'll start with our. Uh, corporate site is moranfamilyofbrands.com. And then we have, uh, of course, uh, mrtransmission.com. And we have multistatetransmission.com, uh, altamir.com. And we also have mylex, tuneupandbreak.com. So those are, but the, but you can get a link uh, you can link to all those other sites through Moran Industries Family of Brands dot com. I'm sorry, okay. I said Moran Industries. It's Moran Family of Brands dot com. Apologize. Moran Family of Brands dot com. Excellent. Right. Well, thank you so much for being my guest this month. I want to wish you and and yours a very happy holiday season. Thanks for the awesome tips. And that's it for today's. Last Patty Automotive Advice Radio Show with my guest, Barb Moran. Have a great holiday season. Drive safe. Great. Thank you. You're welcome. You've been listening to the Movement Debate Show, where we bring interesting conversations to the world. Be sure to follow us on Twitter where we tweet as Boomer and Babe and on Facebook as Pete Peters 47. As always, you can friend us on Blog Talk Radio or sign up for our newsletter at boomerandthebabe.com. Email us at host at boomerthebabe.com with any of your comments. Remember, at 50, you're just getting started. 